Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Scary moment in the Brewers uh, Rays game. And he and his mask, the home plate umpire just got like knocked down to his knees and down to his butt on a foul tip uh, ball by Urias. It hit him in the mask. It didn't appear that it hit him in the skin or anything, but the impact of that ball on that mask uh, must have, uh, I don't know if it can cut. I don't think it, well, maybe it did concuss him. I'm not quite sure. He's needing help down the stairs uh, in the dugout uh, for the Rays. So I'm guessing maybe uh, he may be done. I'm not quite sure. So they're they're taking him in and uh, looking at him at this point. The Brewers race tight at three right now, uh, top of eight uh, in Tampa Bay. Tim Allen, the franchise for 17 years, has been doing the G. Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. He'll join us uh, and join you with said postgame show immediately once that game is done. And then when Tim is done with a postgame show, we'll have Kevin Olden in here from CBS 58, the sports director at CBS 58. Uh, he'll take over the fan afternoon show once Tim is done with the postgame show. So in the meantime, even though I know I have lots of Brewers fans probably uh, paying attention to this Brewers game, I, I want to get into something here. Rob Manfred, uh, this dude, commissioner of Major League Baseball. A great story by Don Van Natta Jr., I will tell you, first and foremost, I've never heard of this gentleman in my life. Um, I'm sure he's very good. Senior writer at ESPN, a host of uh, an executive producer of Backstory on ESPN+. Plus. Don't watch ESPN+, Plus either. Uh, New York Times bestselling author of three different books. 44,500 followers. So very, uh, very established, obviously. Okay. So he does an interview with Rob Manfred. And I'm following along at the tweets uh, that are coming out of this thing um, because I did not have time actually to read this whole thing because we've been on the air doing the big show. Uh, Rob Manfred doesn't haste baseball. He wants to save it. From Rob Manfred in this story on ESPN, quote, yeah, here's the problem. When you acknowledge there's something wrong with the game, that turns you into a hater of baseball. End quote. Rob Manfred. Let me first be the one to tell you and I agree with Rob Manfred. Yeah, I do. Because, as Gary Ellerson and Leroy Butler will tell you, 
man, probably Bart Winkler and Rami Makhlouf and anybody else that's ever done sports talk radio in their life. If you criticize or anything of the sort of a player, then you are a hater of the player. That tends to be the stand pat answer of, oh, you guys hate the Packers. You guys are always so negative. Nah, 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 nah. That's what it always is. You must hate Rodgers, Sparky. You're always talking negative about him. You hate him. Okay, fine. So from that aspect, okay, I- I'll get down with, with Rob Manfred on that assessment. He says, it is the most ridiculous thing, talking about him hitting baseball, among some fairly ridiculous things that get said about me. That one does rub me the wrong way. I have to tell you the truth. How many hours of baseball do you watch in a week? I asked Manfred. So let me count nights. I would say that I probably watch in the evening at least four nights a week, a game or games. So there's 12 hours, and I always have it on in the office, so in excess of 20 hours a week. And when you watch baseball as a fan, what's your biggest aggravation, he asked him. I think the same sort of sediments that we hear from our fans in terms of pace of the game. I think the pace issue, the action issue, is more acute in a broadcast than it actually is at the ballpark, end quote. Don Van Atta then uh, puts in another tweet. Average game length this season for Major League Baseball is three hours and five minutes. Manfred isn't the only one frustrated by baseball slow plays. So are many owners. Cardinals owner William DeWitt Jr. Quote, the game has changed and it's changed for the worse. The game needs fixing. It's just slow. Manfred told Don Van Natta Jr. of ESPN that he's in favor of an MLB pitch clocks and the elimination of the shift, likely in 2023, and robo-umpires as early as 2024. Quote, this is not a rap Manfred crusade, he says. These are, you know, research-driven views that any business would have to pay attention to, end quote. Don Vanetta Jr. asked Manfred to name the one decision he'd like to have back. He laughed. I have to narrow it down to one? You know, I think people who can't admit they've made mistakes, particularly in a job like this, are a little dangerous, end quote. He named several errors he regrets. From the Field of Dreams game in Cooperstown to City Field and MLB HQ, Manfred sat with me for lengthy interviews. I hope that we undertake initiatives that result in baseball being passed down to the next generation, Manfred says, the way it was passed down to our generation. Manfred discussed his love of baseball as a kid playing Little League, his mentorship by Bud Selig, steroids, and the biogenesis scandals, how he got the top job, his handling of the 2017 Astro sign-stealing scandal, the 99-day lockout, and his big smile uh, as he canceled opening day. And Manfred acknowledged that a major part of his job is serving as a buffer for 30 billionaire owners. Quote, look, who the hell am I? I don't have $2 billion invested in a team. I'm just a guy trying to do a job. I mean it. I believe the owners deserve that layer of protection. Manfred says expansion to 32 teams. MLB is making a $40 million annual investment to grow the game among children. And most owners are thrilled with his job performance, giving him sky high marks. His $17.5 million a year contract expires after the 2024 season. Manfred on his legacy, quote, I want to make sure we get baseball back to at least where we were, if not even better, end quote. 
He's looking for buy-in from players, some of whom don't like him, and the proposed rule changes in visits to all 30 league clubhouses. He has already visited half. But in the end, Manfred uh, told Don Van Natta, Jr. of ESPN, who wrote this piece, Manfred told him with a laugh, most fans will likely remember him as, quote, that crazy guy in New York, end quote, who couldn't stop messing with baseball. Quote, that's going to be on my tombstone. He tinkered with the game until they got rid of him, end quote, says Rob Manfred. So first of all, he talks about expansion uh, and expanding uh, baseball by two more teams. So that's something uh, that uh, is being bantied about and talked about, and we knew that at some point that is probably going to happen. Rob Manfred also seems to be a guy that gets how he's perceived by the fans and the media that pay attention to the sport and pay attention to what he does. I think that the pace of play and action part of it that he's been talking about is rather interesting. And the reason why it's rather interesting is because if he himself, as commissioner of baseball, doesn't enjoy the sport that he's watching, then of course he is going to take action. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember Bud Selig ever talking about not having enough action in baseball. He may have talked about, you know, the younger people may want the game to be faster. But I I don't know if Bud was ever turned off by the length of baseball games. I think Bud, and again, I, I don't know Rob Manford. No, I'm not in any way, shape, or form. So I couldn't tell you how much he loves the game or not. No idea. Bud Selig, I can tell you for certain, loved the game of baseball. May not have loved me, but he loved the game of baseball. And everything about it. This game that we have right now, I don't believe Rob Manford loves this game. And that is why Rob Manford is pushing to change the game. In part, because I think he himself doesn't like certain aspects of the game. And that's part of the reason why we're going to change it. And of course, the other part of it is the younger demographic that you are trying to keep tuned in to watching baseball games. Now, for instance, AR is on the other side of the glass right now, Adam Roberts. And I'm going to ask Adam Roberts. We've had a delay of about like six hours right now over here at this Brewers baseball game. What is going on? Do they not have somebody that can be a home plate umpire? Or are we having to fly somebody in from Milwaukee? So I've, I'm listening to Jeff and Rock right now on the call, and what, from what they've made it sound like, like they're just riffing right now on air about Aaron Ashby. They, they, from what it sounds like to them, there's like nobody back there, almost like they didn't anticipate this happening. And you and I saw on the TV, it looked like there was a replacement umpire behind home plate. It was some guy, and there's a couple. There are a couple of them there right now, just talking. Can you explain this to me? Maybe. I, I don't understand how the head, the the crew chief, which I believe is 27. There, I think that's the crew chief. Mm-hmm. Why can't he just get the gear on, get behind home base, and just play the game with one less on for the last two innings? If you go over to the 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 Brewers dugout, 
Are you okay if we play with less and less ump? Tampa Bay, are you okay if we play with less one less ump to Kevin Cash? If both of them are good, play it and finish it. I mean, you are delaying this game. I mean, players are literally just sitting there. So if this guy can't go, what are they going to do? So Kurt Hogue saying Dave Rackley is done for the day. Okay, he's out. So he's out. So he got who the replacement's going to be? I don't know. He got hit by a foul tip by Luis Urias um, that hit his like face mask and literally like like if somebody if you see somebody get like knocked out right pop get hit in the face and the dude's like whoa and boom down he goes right knockout that's exactly what this home plate on Brad looked like the ball hit his mask he got wobbly went down to a knee and then down to his butt and then was holding on uh, to the catcher's hand. On like one knee as he got back up, and then they literally had to help him into the dugout at that point. So, Sparky, I've been doing Now, there's some- an umpire out there now that's got the chest gear on, has the mask, so I'm assuming he's going behind home plate. So they're going to go with three umpires then. So this all this time took was for him to get changed into the gear from behind home plate. That's what this was all about. All about. It looks like, yes, a base umpire is going to be moving over, so there's right. a delay so they're while they get play the gear. With three. So this whole this whole delay was just to get this guy suited up in gear. Golly, that takes an awful long time. I didn't realize it took that long to put gear on because I mean it's a chest protector, I think, right? Uh, and then it's the mask they pull over his head. I don't. It does. I don't think he has anything on. They wear shin guards too. I mean, they should if they don't. I would assume they wear shin guards too. The umpires uh, underneath the pants. So now Ryan Wills uh, now moves to behind home plate. And he'll be the home plate umpire now uh, going forward for the Brewers. This game is in the eighth, by the way. Uh, and the Brewers and Tampa Bay Rays are tied uh, at eight and have been tied at eight for the last 15 minutes as play has been stopped. They try to figure out what to do to replace his home plate umpire. All right, so th- this is what I want to get to in this Rob Manfred topic here is, is we wait for this uh, Brewers game to get done. How does Rob Manfred... Win you back as a fan. How does Rob Manfred, as commissioner, how does he win you back to say, you know what? No, he's doing a good job. That there, what he just did there, that was a smart move. Because I'll be honest, I don't think robo-umpiring is going to get anybody back in Rob Manfred's camp. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are old school that are going to hate it. Even if the percentages go up as far as accuracy, I think a large percentage of people are going to hate the robo on balls and strikes thing. I think that's going to drive people nuts. So I don't think that's going to fix it. The pace of play thing. Now we've seen that work uh, down in the minor leagues and it's shaped like 20 minutes to half hour off of games. So if games can end up being two and a half hours, does that get people back in Rob Manfred's camp of thinking he's a good, uh, a good commissioner? I don't know. How does Rob Manfred win your love? I guess is the question here. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 12:50 a.m. The fan. Rowdy, rowdy. Sparky's midday madness on 12:50 a.m. The fan, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals garage sale going on today until seven o'clock. Uh, tonight at Panther Arena, we're talking about used hockey sticks, used jerseys, discounted merchandise that they had at their pro shop all year at Milwaukee Panther Arena. All of that and more uh, at Panther Arena today, again, until 7 o'clock. Uh, the power 
of one Roddy Tellez back on display in Tampa Bay with a solo homer in the top of the eighth. Now 4-3 Brewers, top of the eighth. Don't forget the franchise. Tim Allen uh, will be here with the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show uh, after the last pitch. You make the switch for 17 years going, uh, and you'll be able to hear from Tim uh, coming up uh, in just a little bit, top of the eighth. So I don't know, probably around 3 o'clock or so, I'm guessing uh, he will be on the air would be my guess. Okay, so uh, asking you, how does Rob Manford get your love back? Because clearly within this piece uh, that he has here uh, with ESPN, he knows that he's a hated man. He knows that people thinks or think that he hits, hates the game of baseball. He understands that. He's totally figured it out. So that's what we are wanting to find out. How does Rob Manford get your love back? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. AR, how does Rob Manfred get your love back? Well, in going over the article in question, one of the things that stood out to me, Sparky, was the um, very first, after the very first bunch of it where he's talking about, does Rob Manfred hate baseball? And then there's a bunch of paragraphs the fun part that caught my attention and something that made me recollect back on was when they talk about the Field of Dreams game, the original one with the uh, White Sox right. and the Yankees. That, to me, and more fun events like that sprinkled throughout the course of the season, for me, would make it more interesting because events like that are what we in the biz call must-watch TV. And right now, baseball, apart from a perhaps game seven of a series in the playoffs and maybe on a good day, the all-star game does not have must watch TV except for the field of dreams game, which is much watch TV. Yeah. The field of dreams game was perfect. And again, if you didn't see the movie, then it means probably nothing to you, but having Kevin Costner, um, essentially on the field, and we had people call in that were at the game on this show talking about the fact that they didn't prep at all, apparently, uh, the fans in the stands as far as that they were going to go live and it was going to be Costner. Like, nobody had any idea what the heck was going on. So Costner is out there just kind of standing in, around and doing his whole thing. And then as the players come on the field, they come through the cornstalk, cornstalks to play the game. Amazing. I mean, simply Amazing. Then, if you were going into that 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 brand new stadium they build, you had to literally walk into a through a path of corn stalks in order to come into and out of that area, or at least that's how it appeared on TV. And the parking lots were kind of off in the distance, or whatever the case may be. It was beautiful. And then, on top of all of that, you have the references throughout the movie. You had the interviews throughout the game. Costner was up in the booth. Uh, at one point uh, during the game, talking about the movie and all of that, it really was something. Now it's going to be, how do they carry this going forward? Exactly, because this seems very much like something can lightning really strike twice when something is as perfect as the first one was. That's why you got to get creative. You got to come up with different right. ways. Right, and that's that's the thing, right? So, And you are spot on with that AR as far as how do you duplicate perfection? Or do you just leave it and never do it again? I don't think you can just leave it and never do it again. I think you have to go back to the well again. You have to come up with some type of formula 
of who's going to play that game year to year. Now, is that game going to be the World Series participants from the previous year? Do they automatically get that game? Because remember, the schedule changes next year, and I think for the better. So now instead of having like 19, uh, I want to say instead of having 19 interleague games, now I want to say everybody's going to have 13 interleague games starting next year. But you get to play every single team in baseball. So the Brewers will play the Yankees every year going forward starting next year. The Brewers will play uh, the Red Sox every year, uh, the Blue Jays, the Angels, whoever. You'll get to see the Brewers play every single team in baseball every year. Now, you may get the Angels next year in L.A. And then the following year, you get you know Otani and Trout and those guys if they're still on the team. You get to see those guys come to American Family Field, which right now I think it's waiting, I forgot, what is it, every four years, three or four years or something like that, when you play some of these interleague games against the AL, depending on who it is. So you wait quite a while in between seeing teams, and that's just to see them. That doesn't mean they're actually coming here. You exactly. may finally get the Angels, but the game may be theirs. Then you got to wait another you know, six years or what, however long it is in order to play them. Now you get to watch them pretty much every other year. You'll get to see whoever you want to see at American Family Field. And to me, that's a home run for Manfred. Nobody's really talking about it, but that's a big deal, especially when, like you always talk about it and everybody else, oh, they don't market baseball enough. They don't do enough for the game of baseball. Well, getting Otani into as many stadiums as possible on a regular basis will do a ton for Major League Baseball because it'll get his name recognized by more fans and more young fans that may not sit at home and watch baseball. You know something else? I was thinking about this as I was listening to Bart and Tim talk about it this morning on their show. Something that I was absolutely not on board. You could probably go back in the Big Show podcast and get the receipts on this. Nah, receipts. But when they announced that the DH was going to be universal, I think I was vocal, not very vocal, but I at least remember saying that I was not a fan of that because I, for one, liked when your Bartolo Colones sure. or your Brandon Woodruffs hit home runs. Honestly, I love it. I absolutely love getting rid of the pitcher batting at this point. That's an idea that I've had to come around to. I don't really have any issue with it. And like they said, we, you rem- might remember we were getting a few calls on the big show about, I can't stand this. I can't believe they're going to ruin the strategy of baseball. We don't get too many of those calls anymore. But you know about what, it. though? I mean, I-, I hadn't thought about that till you just brought it up. You know what my first thought was? What's that? Offense is horrible in baseball right now. Horrible. Like you've got guys hitting as good as some of these pitchers would be hitting right now that are playing every single day. That's how bad offense has been. And so because you have a bad product uh, offensively in most situations, uh, now you're giving another hitter that opportunity to play. The main point, I think, behind this was twofold, right? One, hopefully increase offense by getting another hitter in the lineup in the National League and getting rid of that pitcher. I think that was one. And two, extending some of these players' careers that simply don't have, like McCutcheon, that that don't have the legs. Nelson Cruz, another guy, right? Some of these older guys. Paul Molitor only got to play as long as Paul Molitor got to play because there was a designated hitter in the American League. He couldn't couldn't go out there and do defensively what he would have had to do if he had to stay at third base his whole career. There's no way that would have worked. But he was able to extend his career. Uh, Who's another one? Joe Carter. He was around for a while. David Ortiz is another one. I mean, there's plenty of guys 
that were big-time hitters and would have been forced out of baseball had there been no DH much sooner in their careers. So from a union perspective, you love it because now it gets all of these guys uh, extra at-bats and extra years onto their career. Pitchers probably don't like it as much because I'm sure a lot of these guys enjoy hitting and uh, enjoy getting those at-bats every once in a while. And I'm sure some of them are thrilled because they were awful at swinging a bat and didn't really care about it one way or the other. And I haven't really heard... We should bring that out to Adam McKelvey next time, or Kurt Hogue, uh, one of them. As far as, should go around and ask these pitchers, do you miss hitting? I mean, we're halfway through the season about. How many of you guys actually miss hitting the baseball? Because Corbin Burns, he's all right. I mean, he can get after a little bit as far as swinging the bat. Some of these guys that you've had in the past for the Brewers could actually swing the bat a little. I'd argue, Molitor, that 93 season where the Jays won it all, Yep, he was an all-star that year arguably because his focus shifted entirely to offensive stats because he was a DH all year that year. Sure was. Yep. And again, remember with Molitor, and to be fair, when I was growing up, I always heard, ah, Molitor's injury prone. He's always hurt. He can't stay out. He's killing us. I always heard that. You get a little bit older, and you, you actually can do the research yourself. You go back and look. Robin Gallant, he was hurt quite a bit too, y'all. I mean, I... I get the Molitor thing. I totally understand. Yes, he was hurt quite a bit. Yount wasn't exactly a picture of health either if you go back and start looking at how many games he played year to year. So he also was hurt. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I get it. And that that Brewers team back then, man, they used to call him the igniter, the leadoff hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers. And we have leadoff homers from time to time. Um, He was one of those guys. Him and maybe there were other guys that I can't think of, but... I want to say him and Ricky Henderson are the two guys I remember the most. You know, coming up there, hitting that leadoff homer to start off a game and it gets the crowd into it at County Stadium and people get all juiced up uh, and, and get going. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his his career was definitely extended uh, in large part because of the designated hitter uh, without question. I got an email here from my guy Jimmy Shapiro. Uh, Jimmy Shapiro, uh, for those of you that don't know, and you would have no idea who he is, is from Bet Online, uh, and he just sent over uh, some odds on quarterback stats. Mm. And there's three concerning Aaron Rodgers. We'll tell you what those are coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Brewers up four three over Tampa. Bottom of eight. Tim Allen will be here with the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show uh, after the last pitch. You always make the switch for 17 years back here to the fan. He'll do it again this afternoon. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sparky's Midnight Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Garage sale going on right now at Panther Arena till 7 o'clock. More details on that, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. But I'll just briefly tell you, lots of cool used stuff, right? Sticks, jerseys, discounted merchandise from the Admirals Pro Shop at Panther Arena. Uh, so, again, go down there. Panther Arena, 7 o'clock. Admiral's Garage Sale. It's a one-time-of-year thing. That's it. You get today, and it's over. So if you miss it, you miss it. You're missing on a lot of great apparel uh, and great stuff uh, and great discounts on top of that if you're an Admiral's fan. Sparky's Midday Madness brought to you, or uh, broadcasting live, I should say, from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. All right, so I, I told you and before the break that we got some odds sent to us. Uh, from our guy Jimmy Shapiro over at Bet Online uh, about uh, the different quarterback stats. So they have the same quarterback stats up uh, for each quarterback uh, for the most part. So there's three of them for Aaron Rodgers. So what I like to do whenever we we do these type of things because it's over unders essentially for Aaron Rodgers for his stats uh, for the year. I like to go and I like to look uh, and see. Okay, where are we realistically with where this number sits? So Aaron Rodgers, over-under number on yards thrown this year is 4,200 and a half. Not 4,201, 4,200 and a half. Aaron Rodgers has thrown for over 4,200 yards in 2020, in 2018, 2016, 2014, 2012, 2011, 2009, and that's it. Quite a bit, quite a, quite a few times. Last year, he threw for 4,115 yards. Last year, right? 37 touchdowns to four picks. If we believe that they will not throw the ball as much, that they will run the football more now than they ever have, if we believe that, then that's an under. 4,200 and a half, that is an under if you truly believe what they are selling you. I don't believe it at all. Nope, not at all. I would probably lean towards betting the over more than betting the under. I think he's going to throw the ball a ton. And when you have Matt LaFleur, well, yeah, it's going to depend on you know what they give us. And da, 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 da. Okay. That's just good cover for Aaron's going to throw the damn football. Regardless of what y'all think, he's throwing the football. That's what's going to happen. He's going to throw the football. So for me, over 4,200 and a half yards, that's obvious. For me, at least. Aaron Rodgers passing touchdowns. 
for the 2022 regular season. Aaron Rodgers, 37 last year, 48 the year before that, 26, 25, 16, 40, 31, 38, dating back to 2014. Obviously, he was hurt uh, along that run as well. Over under for passing touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers, according to Bet Online, 32 and a half. 32 and a half. 48 in 2020, 37 in 2021. Put me down as the over for 32 and a half. So right now, if we're keeping track at home, I'm over on yards, 4,200 and a half. But again, I think many people that believe they're going to run the football more will tell me that I'm wrong, but I'll go over. Those same people that think they're going to run the football more, I hope you also don't believe that he's not going to try and get as many touchdowns as possible on little one and two yard dink dunk touchdown passes because that's going to happen too. So 32 and a half over for me on that one. Aaron Rodgers passing interceptions for 2022 is the other number. Some reference. The last few years, four interceptions, five, four, two, six, seven, eight, 2017, 16, and 15. Five, six, eight, six, dating back to through the 2011 season. I will say over for this one for interceptions. Over for interceptions of six. Why? Simple. There's going to be miscommunication, folks. There just is between Rodgers and these young wide receivers. That is going to certainly happen. And even maybe Watkins, Sammy Watkins and Aaron Rodgers, even though Sammy Watkins uh, is a vet, haven't played together. They're going to have to get on the same page, obviously, throughout the year. But early on, he may go this way, the ball may go that way. Christian Watson may go that way, the ball may go that way. He may cut off a route early, ball may go flying over his head where Rodgers want to throw the ball and there's a safety. He may take a, a route too deep, or may not cut it at the right time, and Rodgers throws it, and he's not there. That stuff's going to happen. The most interceptions Rodgers has ever thrown in his career in a single year was 13 interceptions. He's only had double-digit interceptions twice in his career, the other being in 2010. So 2008-2010. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I was, I would definitely bet the over of six. I think he could very well end up closer to 10 than closer to five by the end of the year because of the situation at wide receiver. That's not even talking about the tight end position where if Robert Tunyon is not healthy to come back, now you have an inexperienced Tyler Davis that's going to get some run, who they like. DeGuara is still out there. We've seen DeGuara knowing where he's supposed to go or not go. So we'll see how he is. Mercedes Lewis, yes, veteran, reliable, all that. Not really have not not really has been a factor necessarily uh, in the uh, pass catching game uh, from a tight end position. So forty two and a hundred and a half yards over for Rodgers for me. Passing touchdowns thirty two and a half. Uh, I'll say over on that one, and then passing interceptions. I'll go over on that one as well. I think he'll have definitely more. Uh, than six interceptions uh, at the end of the day. It's interesting. You scroll down this list to try and get an idea of different guys. Now, Derek Carr is going to be a guy we're all going to be watching because of Devontae Adams with the Raiders. Derek Carr's numbers, 45 and 100, 4,500 and a half over under. 
300 more, 100 yards more passing than when they project for Rodgers. Touchdowns, 25 and a half, seven less than when they project for Rodgers. Passing interceptions from Derek Carr, over under of 12 and a half. If Derek Carr throws for 45, 100 yards or more and only has 25 intercept or 25 touchdowns or 26 touchdowns, something's gone wrong. I mean, something has definitely gone wrong. If you're throwing the ball that much and you're not over 30 touchdowns, something has gone dramatically wrong. Now, that very well could be interceptions in the red zone. That could be that they turn to Jacobs at the goal line and he's the one that gets the touchdowns and they don't throw the ball at the goal line like they do with Aaron Rodgers all the time. But to be honest with you, when you're in the red zone, why wouldn't you use Waller at tight end? Why wouldn't you use Devontae Adams as much as possible in the red zone to drive up those touchdown numbers? That's the way of the NFL now. So we'll see going forward just how much uh, Derek Carr will throw for this year and how many touchdowns he'll have. Do you know who uh, Carrington uh, Harrison is? Uh, he was as a uh, talk show host in Kansas City, and he was on CBS Sports Radio uh, with Zach Gelb. Was it last night, maybe? It's either last night or the night before. I don't remember. And he does a weekend shift on CBS Sports Radio as well. Made a great point. He said, you know, because Zach brought him on to talk about uh, Kansas City. By the way, if, if you haven't heard, Bart Winkler filling in for Zach Gelb on the Zach Gelb show Friday night. That's right. So when the Fan Afternoon Show was done with Kevin Holden Friday at 6 o'clock, you keep it tuned here to the fan, and you'll hear Bart Winkler doing a national show up until 9 o'clock on Friday night. I'm very curious how many of the Gelby calls for that show will be Milwaukee. your Mike the Painters, your yeah, Roger and Cudahy. For sure. Yeah. Your ARs. But I don't know how many of those people actually get through. Like, I don't know True. how aggressively they screen. Some of these national shows screen aggressively and only a couple get through. Some of these national shows really don't even take calls. Not interested in taking calls. They just talk amongst themselves the whole time. Uh, so every show is different. I don't know how aggressive um, Hickey, the producer, is for Gelb as far as him and the call screener and whoever else they got working on that show as far as screening calls go. If they put everybody on and they screen people out. Um, so I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing, though, if somebody calls into that show on Friday if they get screened out or not. So, yeah, so Bart will be on that show on Friday. Anyways, so he was uh, talking about Kansas City. He made a great point. Made a great point. You look at these other teams that are contender, considered Super Bowl contenders, right? The Chargers, plenty of weapons. Raiders, plenty of weapons. Russell Wilson has got some weapons. Philadelphia Eagles, trade for A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, weapons. Cowboys, weapons. Tampa Bay, weapons. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, mm-mm. Patrick Mahomes is in the exact same situation as Aaron Rodgers. We don't talk about it here, but he's in the exact same situation, folks. Same situation. And that was a concern of Carrington of, I don't know whether or not this offense will be as good because you don't have that guy anymore like you had in Tyreek Hill, which is the same thing that people have been saying about Green Bay without Devontae Adams. There's more pressure on Rodgers and Mahomes than probably any other two quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. 
Mahomes passing yard numbers, 4,600 and a half. 4,600 and a half. He doesn't have a one. Their offseason wide receiver acquisition was MVS. That was the big wide receiver acquisition for the Chiefs. The Packers with Sammy Watkins. You have the conversation amongst you who you think is a better wide receiver. But there's definite pressure on Mahomes. Touchdowns, 35 and a half. Passing interceptions, 10 and a half. I think passing touchdowns is on the money for an over-under. I think interceptions is on the money. I would say over on interceptions of 10 and a half. And I would say 35 is a pretty good number. That may go one way or the other. Who plays better with less weapons than they've ever had in their career? I don't know. I don't know if that will be Rodgers or Mahomes, but I do know this. They both will not flop horribly. They're both going to have good years. They're both going to put up numbers. It's just a matter of whether or not they can do enough to get their team through the playoffs with what they have at the wide receiver position. That, that really is all it comes down to at the end of the day. Hey, don't forget, check out 2400 Sports MLB coverage with Big Time Baseball. Former players Cody Decker and Tony Gwen Jr., along with MLB insider John Heyman, sit down every week to cover all of the moving parts of Major League Baseball on the field, in the clubhouse, and in the front office. These guys have you covered with complete breakdowns of every team and individual player worth noting on a week-to-week basis. Make sure you keep an eye out for new episodes of Big Time Baseball every Monday wherever you find your favorite podcast. And of course, you download it on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Again, download it on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Now, joining me now is going to be Sam Schmitz. Now, he is in with Kevin Holden, CBS 58's sports director, uh, and they will be on immediately following uh, Tim Allen's Gene Widener Plumbing Baseball postgame show. Uh, coming up here in a little bit. That game, top of the ninth right now. Rowdy Tellis already has two homers on the day. Uh, he's up uh, again in a tie game at three uh, in the top of the eighth inning. Am I wrong? Oh, no, the Brewers are up. Hold on. I'm, I'm working on gathering us highlights. Oh, that's good. Well, I wasn't paying attention and nobody told me. Uh, Jace Peterson hit a home run to make it 4-3 Brewers uh, in the ninth inning. So there you go. So now I have you up to date. So the Brewers are up 4-3. Jace Peterson, seventh. Homer of the year, uh, and the Brewers are up 5-3. Sorry, I had 4-3. 5-3 Brewers over the Rays, top of the ninth. Tim Allen, I'm sure, very excited uh, in the comfy confines of where he is. Uh, all right, Sam Schmitz, uh, what do you got coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show today after uh, Tim is on? Today, Sparky, kind of a unique situation how after the postgame show, Kevin and I are going to be able to recap a whole series. Oh. So we'll obviously give yeah. our thoughts on Brewers-Rays in this little two-game series because – I mean, we didn't even have a chance to talk about what happened in game one yet with Brandon Woodruff, who looked awesome, which, thank goodness, I was a little nervous after the Raynaud syndrome and all that, and that might still pop up. But, you know, thinking about it, you know, him coming off an ankle injury, you figured his arm and shoulder had to be all right. It was just worrying about the fingers and stuff like right. that. So yep. Woodruff looked awesome. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about this game. Rowdy Telez and now Jace Peterson, too. So, But Devin Williams, man, Devin Williams is going to take years off my life. This That's dude. who this dude is, man. Boxberger Ugh. ain't much different. Boxberger so, always has guys on base, too. Well, Boxberger's like come back down to earth. There's no way he was going to be Correct. as good as he was last year. That was just, you're getting like the Trevor God situa- situation with Boxberger right now. But man, dude, Devin Williams just loves to make it tense. But anyways, after we talk about 
Brewers and Rays. We'll talk a little more about the Brewers, but big picture stuff. Talking about this offense. Thankfully, you got Rowdy heating back up again. McCutcheon's heating up in June. Luis Arias finally is turning the page. But, you know, realistically, Colton Wong just got back and you're still missing guys. Like, this offense just hasn't had time to gel and be fully healthy. So we're going to be kind of talking about, you know, everyone, everyone wants to make a trade, but... I mean, have we even seen this offense at its full potential just, at all this year? Can we just talk about something? What's up? This offense is no different than any other Brewers offense. No, if this just, team is hitting home runs, they'll score runs. If yeah. this team is not hitting home runs, they're not going to score runs. Oh, completely. I mean, if you line it's, up it's the, what's happened to get this team going again, it's the long ball. Oh, for sure. It's, I mean, that's how David Stearns loves to construct his teams. It's Melvin, too. Pitching and defensive run produ- you know, prevention and all that. But, I mean, just think about it. Like, we haven't been able to stay healthy all year. And you still get missing Hunter Renfro, but yeah, I mean realistically, these guys just haven't had time to gel and all that. Because even like last year when they got Willie Adamas, there was that huge winning streak, and they Dude, were just you know on- that was Adamas. Right. He came in on fire, and then you had that personality to that clubhouse, and it lit a fire under everybody. Well, it finally feels like they're having fun too now. It does. Now they got the Infinity Gauntlet and the Bell. Right. Like I remember back in the day, like the Orlando Arcia, Aaron Perez, Jesus Aguilar teams, like those guys every day, every inning. Were right. Just having a blast and Brett Phillips too. But we're just kind of talk, you know, kind of talk about that and just kind of see what people think of this offense as it is. Cause like we haven't even seen a stretch like that from them. Just where they go. get super hot. Like Willie came in last year. We did it on the big show yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just call up the numbers. Look at where this team is offensively. You see, <laughs> uh, based on the rest of baseball, like with the runners in scoring position, they were in fourth in baseball. Right, tied for fourth in baseball. The runners in scoring position, they're in the top half of OPS. They're in the top with run score. They're like third or fourth in home runs. Like this offense is way better than we as a fan base give them credit for. See, I heard that though yesterday, and then we asked our question, and then we were like, "Yeah, but they still need a batter too." Yes, I haven't changed. Yeah, I watch them. I think they stink right. as far as offensively goes. But as was pointed out by Gary Leroy, if you go based on offensive numbers being down across baseball, yeah, really that is. just tells you how my, the rest of baseball looks right now. Right. I mean, other than the Yankees, who are a freaking machine, Aaron Judge hit his 29th home run today. Mm-hmm. Outside of those fools, I mean, everybody else kind of is in the same boat. Like, right. there's just not a ton of offense. Saying. Well, you think about it, though, eventually those premier teams, especially in the NL, like the Mets, like the Dodgers, like the Atlanta Braves, like, when you run into their pitching in the, in the postseason, though, you're going to need this offensive step up still. So, like, those those numbers can look great. And here's the big thing, too. Like, Brewers fans, I'm sure they don't care about where this where this team ranks offensively. All that matters is are they hot going into the playoffs. Correct. I'm sure that's all Brewers fans care about right now. Well, the difference is, and this is going to sound so dumb, but if they're in a race, they should be fine. Oh, yeah. The fear is it happens <laughs> like last year and you're eight games up in September right. – and now we go back to doing what we were doing. And will Council learn his lesson if it gets to that point? I think he will. Hopefully. Will, will Council not do that again? Uh, hopefully. I mean, I don't know, though. Because at the same time, like you th- you think he would learn his lesson, but I'm sure Brewers fans, like you said, they don't want the Cardinals to be there at the end of the day. Right. But I think that might be best-case scenario for this team because they're going to just gonna yes. force them to keep their foot on the gas pedal. But we'll talk about that you know, as soon as the game is over, as soon as the post-game show is over as well. And then at 5 o'clock, we'll be joined by Matt Carroll. From reviewing the brew and the Cold City Brew podcast. Yep. So we'll talk to him about this Brewers series as well and get his thoughts on the injuries, the Brandon Woodruff return, and all that. We'll do some Knights Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery as well. Today our guest will be Tim Shea, 
So Kevin Holden and Tim Shea reunited. Did you see again. Tim Shea and Bart were at fourth? I think they were at fourth base. I know. Doing a card opening or card breaking box opening, whatever they are. I was super jealous. And I was watching. You were super jealous. Yeah. Oh. Why didn't you go? I didn't know they were doing that. Oh, so they didn't invite you. No. But I mean, that's like what happened with Rami when Gelb was here. Same you know, thing. Bart went to fourth base with Gelb and Rami didn't know and just got left out. Guess what? It worked. He's yeah. doing a national show Friday night. I know. That See, that lunch exciting. paid off. What what would the lunch with Rami have paid off and and how? how I don't think like off? I don't think Rami and Gelb like like Gelb and Bart, like they know know each other. Like they've actually like had conversations off the air and stuff like that. Right. Like Rami, no offense, but like Rami and Gelb, like they've probably just talked like for fifteen minute segments and all that. So like it makes sense. Like if I was in Rami's shoes, I wouldn't expect Bart to throw me an invite. But yeah. I'm excited for it, man. That's gonna be fun. I mean gonna be weird like i'm sure it's gonna be weird like with him following all the national radio i want to know what nighttime bart is because this is what we know morning bart and afternoon bart not the same no afternoon bart chilled relaxed real sports talk dude right in the afternoon like how he used to be on the big show when he was with us Mm -hmm. morning zany crazy bart totally different than afternoon bart right never heard nighttime bart no neither I. i don't know what nighttime bart sounds like yeah, it was. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of weird and like it threw me off a little bit when we worked last week with each other. Right, for like the first time in a long time. But not only that, like you said, he was just in a completely different mood. Like yes, he, already, he got his nap in and everything. Yes, so he was like he was like way too energetic for me at one point. I'm like <laughs> usually I'm the one that like has to bring the energy with Rami and all that. Right, but Bart was way too, yeah. So that's gonna be really interesting. I'm gonna see like I'm also curious like who he's gonna have for guests and all that. His producer. Yeah, I would assume that, Hickey will book whoever he wants. Oh, Barton uh, Hickey is going to be a great combo, too. He Hickey, better, they call him Hot Take Hickey yeah. on the Zach Gelb show. I know. So I can't wait for like him to say something and Bart just goes off the rails. Gelb just infuriates me. I turn off Gelb's show from time to time when he starts going after the Colts. Drives me absolutely nuts. Oh, yeah. I just can't. I can't handle it. I just turn it off. I'm like, I'm done with <laughs> that's, it. That's, You're that's, irritating the hell out of me. I'm done. I'm just turning it off. That's right. Because he just goes after the Colts just to piss off Hickey. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, he's pissing me off. And I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to listen to this. I just turn him off. And that's the end of that. <laughs> so I'm. I think for Draft Mockery Day with Kevin Holden and Tim Shea, I think we'll be doing, because it's season three, right? But I want to get some of these like drafts that we've done in the past. I want to get Kevin Holden's takes on them. So like we did yesterday, we did the greatest baseball jerseys of all time. Yeah, I saw that. We've done that one before, but yep. I mean, it's Kevin Holden. I didn't even tell him the topic and the dude, he was, in the pod. The dude had a jersey. He wears a right. jersey every day of right. his life. So I had to do like the greatest baseball he jerseys totally of all time with Kevin. Yeah, no kidding. Um by the way, congratulations to Toby on Terry McLaurin. You know, oh yeah, and all that. Yeah. He's on vacation. He's he went back home. I was Coast, trying so. to prepare Toby for heartbreak because I went through the same thing with Devontae. I'm like, oh, he's not leaving. He's not leaving. And then boom, he's gone. So I was, yep. I was trying to prepare Toby, but thankfully he doesn't have to worry about that. But I think today for draft mockery, I think we're gonna do the best brew like beers, the best beers, beers, beers. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you said beards. No. Beard, like best oh, beards. Best beards in sports. Best be beards in one. sports. We could do that maybe a different day. That would be fun. But yeah, just the best beers. So we've done that one before, but I know Kevin Holden's a good beer guy. Tim Shea and all that. So that's Yeah, but that's a tricky one to do with Kevin because uh, his wife's right. got loyalties. You can't be putting him in that situation. Well, I think he has the first pick. So I, think he's ah, I don't care. If he picks any beer other than one of theirs, you're going to – yeah. One thing know. I've had an idea about, too, for Draft Mockery and Tim – Tim Allen threw this by me because we we did the uh, greatest you know sports names in baseball a couple of days ago, but we could also do you know just greatest Joes in all of baseball, greatest you know Tims and guys all of with the first name Joe or, or first sports. name Tim, right? So we could do that too. I don't know. I can always think of a different topic. 
We haven't done. We haven't even done the cage match with Kevin Holden. What if you did? Um, we did this one today, kind of talking about Packers going to London. Top bucket list sporting sports things you need to do, like go to Fenway, go to Wrigley, yeah. go to Ooh. somebody brought up WrestleMania, go to a Super Bowl, whatever Ooh. the case may be. Maybe. The Tokyo Dome, or as Leroy would call it, the Tokyo Open Air Stadium. Yeah, that's I still Leroy didn't remember if the stadium had a roof on it or not when he played in in you know what in Japan. Maybe we do that today. Daytona 500 World Series game. No, I mean, there's, you. I there's, don't need to see left turns and all that. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, there's all <laughs> kinds. You could take it. You people could take wherever they want. Lambo, right? Obviously, right. Fenway was mine. That'd be well. Kevin Holden's definitely got some of his list. I mean, he's done most of them already. We're going to eventually do either uh, tomorrow or Friday. We're eventually going to do the best ballparks again in all of baseball, just because Kevin's been to like almost all of them. Well, you. All, you don't go to minor league parks like he does, though. No, but he, he could do a list of probably the top 50 minor league parks he's been to. Now that I've seen him do the minor league ballparks and all that, I, I kind of want to now. Louisville Bat Stadium is awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. Sound Stadium is really cool with their big guitar out in right field. They got a pretty cool bar area that we were hanging out at when we were there. Louisville Bat, so they got a Jack Daniels bar. That was sweet. Oh, I guess I could promote this already since we have not booked tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we'll be joined by other CBS 58 guy, Drew Burgoyne. Oh, the meteorologist Drew Right, Ryan. But you Love know, Drew. Drew Drew knows his sports now. Yeah. So we want to, you know, pick his brain, but he's also going to join us for draft mockery tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.